Hello and welcome to another episode of the Journal of Isikos podcast. My name is Dr. Andreas Voss and together with Dr. Manas Briliakis, we're more than happy to have Maxwell Tudor from the Department of Orthopedic Surgery at the U.S. University of Connecticut Health Center at Farmington with us today. In this episode, we will talk about his recently published article titled Inpatient versus Outpatient Shoulder Arthroplasty Outcomes, a Propensity Score Match Risk Analysis uh, demonstrates the safety of outpatient shoulder arthroplasty in the Journal of Isacos. Hello, Max, and thank you for your time to join our podcast. It is a real pleasure to have uh, someone from my former sports medicine fellowship program at UConn with Gus Masaka and Bob Arciero on the other side of the mic today. So maybe you can introduce uh, yourself uh, as a person and tell us a little bit about your uh, background. Yeah, awesome. Uh, so thank you, Dr. Voss. Like you said, my name is Max Trudeau. I'm currently a second-year medical student at the University of Connecticut School of Medicine. Um, and as you mentioned, I do work with Dr. Mazaka specifically in his biomechanics and clinical outcomes research laboratory at UConn Health. Uh, and so I just wanted to thank you today, as well as the leadership of the Journal of Isacos, for hosting us on the Associate Podcast. We're happy to be here and discuss the results of our uh, our UConn Health orthopedic team's study. So um, what was uh, your motivation for this study? Yeah, sure. So our motivation for conducting this study was due to total shoulder arthroplasty recently being removed from Medicare's inpatient-only list this past year. Essentially, what that means is that United States national health care for patients 65 years of age and older will now cover total shoulder arthroplasty procedures in the outpatient setting. Um, the safety of outpatient total shoulder arthroplasty had previously been demonstrated in some single institutional experiences, large national databases, and systematic reviews. However, since the policy change in Medicare 2021, a large national database study had not yet been conducted. So therefore, we thought this was a necessary analysis to approach. So you performed this study using the American College of Surgeons National Surgical Quality Improvement Program. What exactly is this program and what data can you get from there? Yeah, sure. Thanks for asking that question. Um, the American College of Surgeons National Surgical Quality Improvement Program it's also known as ACS-NISQIP, was utilized in this study. Essentially, it's a national database that's derived from over 700 academic and community hospitals in the United States. The database includes preoperative, intraoperative, and postoperative factors for a variety of surgical procedures, of which we were obviously focused on shoulder arthroplasty. Now, regarding the specific data that the database includes, Unfortunately, the majority of outcomes are not shoulder specific, but the database still contains many important morbidity outcomes, such as infections, wound disruptions, pulmonary embolisms, organ failure outcomes, sepsis, readmissions, reoperations, and mortality, to name a few. Uh, considering most of these complications are relatively infrequent, we specifically believe this database is valuable as five years of data provide us with a case volume of over 20,000 patients, which we all know is extremely helpful in assessing complications that occur at lower frequencies. Lastly, 
we also performed additional categorization of these outcomes to produce categorical outcome metrics that we define in our methods as any minor and severe adverse events. Uh, this was especially helpful in allowing for a more simplified manner of comparing outcomes between inpatient and outpatient cohorts in our study. Uh, in, in your methods, you also described, uh, described the propensity score matching technique. How did this technique help you with your uh, article? Yes, in fact, we did use a propensity score matching technique. Overall, we felt this was the optimal approach as it allows for us to account for and control treatment selection bias of surgeons when evaluating treatment effects using non-randomized retrospective data. Specifically in this study, we use the approach to control for demographic and preoperative differences between the inpatient and outpatient cohorts. So according to your results in the non-risk match analysis, you found differences between in and outpatient treatment, but you did not find any differences after a risk matching between in and outpatient treatment. So can you briefly describe your findings and what does this mean for patients undergoing total shoulder arthroplasty? Yes, of course, Dr. Voss. Uh, thank you for this keen question. It touches on the major findings of this study. So in the non-risk matched analysis of post-operative outcomes, it was observed that outpatient procedures appeared to have significantly decreased rates of any and minor adverse events, as well as readmissions. So an initial interpretation would make one think that outpatient total shoulder arthroplasty provides superior outcomes. However, when we compared demographic data of inpatient and outpatient cohorts, it was observed that the outpatient cohort contained significantly decreased risk as they had lower ASA scores, were younger, and had lower rates of obesity, hypertension, diabetes, COPD, bleeding disorders, and steroid use. This tells us that there is likely some surgeon selection bias, primarily choosing less risky patients for outpatient procedures. So subsequently, we utilize the propensity score matching technique to control for these demographic differences. Following the propensity score matching, we we're able to obtain two equally risk-matched cohorts of inpatient and outpatient procedures. A subsequent review of outcomes at this point demonstrated no significant differences between the two cohorts. This essentially tells us that outpatient shoulder arthroplasty can be performed safely and provides equivalent outcomes to inpatient procedures while reducing overall costs on the healthcare system. So would this be your most important finding? And if no, is there another important finding? And do you have any algorithm which allows you to detect patients suitable for outpatient care? So I believe that this is one of the most important findings of the study. Uh, additionally, another interesting finding that we saw was a fourfold increase in outpatient procedures over the course of this database, which included data from 2015 to 2019, where outpatient procedures climbed all the way up to 35%. This indicates to us that surgeon practices may have already been heading in the direction of increasing outpatient procedures before the policy change of Medicare. Then regarding the second part of your question, getting at patient selection. At this point, we do not have an algorithm which allows us to detect which patients are suitable for outpatient care. 
Rather, all of these cases have now been moved to outpatient procedures. Conversely, though, we do believe there may be a certain minority cohort of high-risk patients that are better candidates for inpatient procedures and would benefit from being admitted to the hospital overnight. Therefore, a future study of ours is to possibly design an approach in identifying these high-risk patients that may benefit still from inpatient surgery. I know Gus Masako is doing a lot of total shoulders. Did uh, your finding change his practice? Yeah, so he does do a lot of total shoulders. Um, but with the policy change beginning in 2021, Dr. Mazaka and the other surgeons at our institution that perform total shoulder arthroplasty have fully and successfully transitioned to performing shoulder arthroplasties as outpatient procedures. So the study has not necessarily changed that practice, but it has increased our confidence that these procedures can be performed safely. Talking with Dr. Mazaka recently, he believes there is still more work to be done with patient education preoperatively and more vigilance in the post-operative setting to maintain the same high level of care with patients being discharged on the same day. And that's something we will continue to work on in the future. Great. Uh, great. Thank you, Maxwell, for uh, your time and for answering all these questions. I think this was a very interesting article and will be very interesting for uh, future treatment of patients undergoing total shoulder arthroplasty. So thank you once again for your time and uh, joining our podcast. And hopefully we'll have you back for another podcast with your next publication in the Journal of Isacos. Yes, Dr. Voss, thank you again for the privilege of being featured on the journal's podcast and having the opportunity to share our findings. This was Associate Professor Dr. Andreas Voss from the University Hospital of Regensburg in Germany on behalf of the Journal of Isacos. We hope to have you back for our next episode. The views expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent the views of the society or the journal.